0: Good morning, Crashing Up family, and welcome to another edition of the Newsletter Friday Features. Over the course of each week, I interview some of the smartest, most innovative minds I can find and share our conversations here with you every Friday. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, and I'm really excited to catch up with him. He's the founder and CEO of Miles Ahead, a luxury hospitality company. He's also a recent graduate of Cornell University's School of Hotel Administration and was named one of Travel and Leisure's international rising stars in 2017, and one of Virtuoso's rising star candidates for 2019. In a short amount of time, he's made himself a go-to figure in the travel industry, and today we're going to talk a lot about what you can expect from travel coming up, and how he's navigated his business through one of the toughest times that we've had to experience. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Robert Karp. Rob, I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Randy. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on after uh, listening for the past few weeks.
0: Definitely. So first, we could just start off by you telling us a bit about how you started Miles Ahead. I know you had a pretty unique path for it. It's kind of funny because I
1: never expected what was a hobby for me, airlines, airplanes, etc., to actually turn into a business. Um, I took my first flight at a very young age, six months. We had a family in Minneapolis, so I sort of would go back and forth. And as I grew up in in middle school and high school, I would help my parents book flights and such, and I became fascinated with this world of airlines and this world of miles and points. So when I was in high school, um, from the encouragement of family and friends, I actually opened Miles Ahead, uh, which was then called Carp Enterprises back at the end of 2012. Helping people take their miles and optimize them, actually um, helping travelers use their miles. And I went to the hotel school at Cornell, hired my first employees, learned um, some great lessons of hiring your friends, firing your friends, how to make all that kind of work. Um, and I graduated May of 2019 um, as the business evolved into a, a luxury travel concierge sort of over time and. Um, now we are a, a team of four, which I know we'll, we'll sort of get to a little later on um, how we've been getting through COVID, but um, it's been a really amazing eight-year journey um, thus far.
0: Yeah, eight years is crazy because I know, I remember when you initially started it and to think that it's been that long is pretty wild. But yeah, so COVID obviously has hurt every industry, but I don't think there are many industries that were... Um, stopped as badly as travel was. Can you talk a bit about your mindset at the start of COVID and how you've navigated the business thus far? So it's funny because I was actually in Asia in the beginning
1: of February. I remember flying home from Vietnam, wearing an N95 mask, and being concerned when we connected through Tokyo, were we going to get this virus, what's going on, et cetera. And the second we got home, all that fear went away. Now, this was early February. The next month, we had our best month ever. Had a great month of January. No one was really concerned about this. And then all of a sudden, in the second week of March, everything just, it was a total shit show. I mean, picture this. We had about $4 million of trips that were on the books for the rest of 2020, I'd say about 90% of those trips had to be canceled and attempted to be refunded. I mean, it was unbelievable. So it was this initial like shock and like, Holy shit, what are we going to do? And just doing our best to prioritize clients and um, put them first. Because my, my whole mantra to this has been, we need to be customer first. We need to act in in their best interest so that um, when travel does come back, they're going to put us first. So the beginning was sort of like, what's going on? Let's sort of get our feet under us. Um, Over the next three months, like March, April, May, it sort of went into this phase of like, okay, like now people aren't traveling. Now things are getting canceled. Like how far are we going to cancel? Like, are we going to be able to go away in 2020? When is travel going to happen again? When is reopening going to happen? And I started to talk to my team about, what are we going to do to stay close to clients? What are we going to do to stay top of mind? Um, And actually started leading a webinar series for a few weeks with some under um, industry members or other colleagues in our industry um, to provide, you know, support and guidance to others. So that's sort of what the beginning stage of, you know, beginning to middle stage of COVID has been. Um, And there was honestly a little bit of sort of a, an excitement and an energy to not knowing what was going to happen after this. And there was a lot of negative talk surrounding like, oh, travel's done. We're in a travel depression. Like, don't get me wrong. We have been in a really, really tough situation. But we did our best to turn lemons into lemonade. Um, and when the world started to reopen in May, I started to travel again. Slowly, travel has been getting booked again. I have to say it has been a big trickle back when all the quarantine measures sort of came in for New York because we have a, a fairly New York-based clientele. Um, but it's been, it's been a ride. And the most important thing being staying positive as a team, me being as transparent as I possibly can about everything going on in the, with the business, financial and not, um, throughout this entire time, we have not let anyone go, um, and it's been a priority really to keep to keep us intact.
0: Yeah, and that leads perfectly into my next question because I know until then, until now, you've seen a lot of exponential growth with Miles Ahead. How were you able to deal with what's gone on, and how have you been able to remain positive? Because I can only imagine those first couple months when you see revenue start to drop, how tough that could be.
1: I have to tell you, it's been a weird situation. And I think weird being the right way to put it just because the first seven years of the business, it grew a hundred percent year over year, every year. So imagine doubling going into your looking like 2020 was going to be again, your best year ever. And then going from, you know, two months, two months after your best month to actually going negative. Like it was crazy. Um, You know, I think there's a few things. The first is you have to understand a lot of this is out of your control. Like we didn't, we can't control COVID. There's still a lot we don't know about it. We still don't have a vaccine. And uh, it doesn't mean like, hey, because Miles Ahead's revenue isn't growing this year, um, we can't totally blame ourselves for that. We can take responsibility and look at how how we want to move forward and um, adjust and adapt, but um, we can't put all the fault on ourselves. Um, you know, and, and the second thing about maintaining positive is since this all began, I have really talked about keep moving forward and just making the best of the situation. And if clients are going to cancel trips, they're going to cancel trips. If they want to book a trip, like be grateful for that, do our absolute best so that we feel like we've left nothing on the table. Um, and fortunately we've, we've really stuck together as a team and I'm so grateful for how you know, the team's attitude the entire time and, and they're committed to the business. Um, cause that's allowed us sort of, you know, to stay together as a strong family.
0: Definitely. And what do you think entrepreneurship as a whole, this entire experience has taught you? I know we spoke about resilience a bit, but once this is all said and done, there's a vaccine and we start to get back to normal. What do you think the big takeaways are?
1: So a few things. Um,
0: I was listening to a great podcast a few weeks ago,
1: actually. Um, uh, business casual in the morning brew, all talking about how the greatest company has come out of the toughest times. And I think what we've seen across the board, but particularly in travel, is a lot of innovation and a lot of new thinking. And it's going to be exciting to see how that moves forward. So I'll give you a few examples. People used to take, you know, they're two weeks over Christmas and New Year's, they're one week for spring break, they're one week over July 4th now people are going on vacation for weeks at a time, months at a time, because there's sort of this blend be- between vacationing, working and living. That's all coming together. And hotels, which used to be for, you know, shorter stays are sort of almost becoming homes and travelers are, I think people are starting to think about travel in a different manner, um, And they're also looking, you know, so that's sort of an initial example of some interesting things that have been going on in the space Um, with, with entrepreneurship more in general, I think it's the idea that we have to accept that this is a new world we're going into. We are not going back to the world that we started in. Um, And it's okay for business models to change. It's okay for your attitude to change. And now is really the time to try new things Um, because we sort of don't know what lies ahead. And I think that's what also creates a lot of opportunity. Um, for budding entrepreneurs and and new ideas out in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I know another podcast that I was listening to, I'm a big fan of how I built this. And during Corona, they've been launching a resilience series where they start to bring on some of the guests that they've previously had on and ask them about what you were talking about, how they've pivoted, how they've adjusted their business models or their mindsets to accommodate what's going on. So I definitely would recommend um, checking that out too.
1: Cool. Yeah, I, I think um, resiliency is so important. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you get to the end of the tunnel and there is the light, you're going to feel that much stronger. And I think one thing during this time that's, you know, it's been talked about a lot, but sort of the elephant in the room is like your mental health and the, your mental fitness. And it's okay to not know what to do all the time or you know, you're going to have bad days during a challenging period. But when you get to the other side and you learn how to deal with it, um, you become even stronger and, and you know, sort of prepared for the, the next down period in the future.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think especially I can relate to that. Just we've never had so much time on our hands, but at the same time, it feels like there's no time at all. You know, there's so many things that you were like, oh, if I only had three extra hours to do, I'd be doing it. And now we do have that time. So it feels like if you aren't getting that done, you might not be as productive as um, you feel like you should be. And I've seen that that's been something that people have been writing about a lot. And I know from people I've spoken to, they felt as well. So it's definitely very interesting to me to uh, put that into perspective. I want to uh, jump a bit to kind of the future of travel because you were talking about it. We do live in a new world and people are starting to combine the idea of work and vacation because you no longer need to be in the office. So what do you think the future of business travel entails? And what do you think the future of remote work entails travel was So
1: business travel is an interesting one
0: because there's all this talk about Zoom replacing in-person meetings
1: and, you know, oh no, companies aren't gonna travel anymore. I do think companies are gonna travel less I think they're going to be more thoughtful about the trips that they're taking. So if you have a managing director of a hedge fund that went to London, you know, twice a month, maybe they'll go twice a quarter. Um, And they can, people are going to be more productive in terms of of their meetings. And I think trips will um, potentially be of a shorter duration. Um, You know, so the, the airlines especially are are having to figure out how to adjust to this because a lot of their revenue came from these premium business travelers. So that's an interesting thing that that they've had to deal with. Um, in terms of like travel and working in the future, we see so many companies that have been moving to, you know, even some indefinite work at home, work at home until summer 2021. Um, I'm someone who's loved to go into the office and was probably traveling half the time in the office half the time. Now I'm half the time in my apartment working out of there, which is, you know, it's a change. Um, I think going forward, people are going to be taking more risks they're going to be living their lives in different ways meaning that if they want to travel and and go spend time in Hawaii and instead of worrying about taking off work they might just do that and adjust their schedule accordingly. Um, So I think it's going to allow for people to do things that they haven't done before. Um, I was just reading about a, a family in Connecticut that actually bought a sailboat and they're going to spend the next year going from Connecticut all the way down the Eastern seaboard past the Panama Canal to the Galapagos. So like, And the, uh, the dad is working remotely on his computer um, and the kids are
0: doing remote schooling.
1: I mean, in what world could that ever work, you know, since COVID came? Um, that's just one example.
0: Yeah, and it reminds me completely of Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Workweek because I actually just finished that after like a billion people had recommended it to me. And he wrote this like 10 plus years ago, but he's talking about this idea of working completely remotely and automating a lot of processes and this like digital nomad trend that's been going on a bit before Corona, but now, like you mentioned, is completely in full force. So it's pretty wild to see what he was talking about 10 years ago now get completely accelerated by this and this start to really become the norm.
1: I mean, what's also interesting is there are countries that have created new visa programs. So you can go get a a 12 month um, working visa to go to Barbados, Bermuda, I think Estonia um, and just live there, you know, for a year, like, and, and stay as long as you want versus having, you know, normally being capped to, um, 60 or 90 days so even countries are trying to do this e- what's even more crazy is countries are starting to sell um citizenship so there's been talks of like oh the U.S. is a crazy place if you're not comfortable being here there might be somewhere else safer now you can actually go buy yourself a second passport um now wow. it's not as easy as calling the embassy and just doing that there are sort of outside services that help you with it um but it's just another thing we've been seeing in the in the travel world.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And the cost of living is so much lower than New York or really any American city in places like that. So if you can have the luxury to get off work and they do let you work on different time zones or you're able to make it work, that's really a massive value proposition.
1: I mean, it's um it's been interesting. Like Hyatt has a program, like work from Hyatt montage actually. Um, another high-end hotel brand they launched I think it was like Montage Learning or a whole program designed for kids to be able to stay in these hotels and have private tutors and and sort of be set up in 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 all that regard Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to come out of this there's been talks about like is there going to be like a new a WeWork sort of co-living space that's going to come out of this where um, you know you could travel to different hotels and different destinations and, you know, have sort of a subscription for that. Um, There's even been interesting things where, you know, people have wanted to social distance and really spend um, their vacation sometimes away from others and more privacy. So there's been this, you know, rise of um, people wanting to stay in homes and having their own space. And there's companies out there that have created like an all-inclusive pay one flat fee per year you can take as many trips as you want um so i think that's you know what like if you're a globetrotter and your work allows for it like why not see the world at the same time
0: yeah no that's awesome speaking of globetrotting how many days pre-covid would you say you spend on the road or in in air per year
1: i would say about about half the year i would wow. spend traveling i mean um it's kind of sad when I think back on where I should have been in 2020. I mean, I did take the great, what I consider the greatest trip of my life in January and February, which was, um, went to Singapore, Melbourne for the Australian Open, then back up to Vietnam and Japan at home. It was like the craziest, best, you know, experience ever. Um, I was forever changed by Vietnam and I I hope i will be able to go back someday. Um, and you know what, it's, um, I'm looking forward to when we can be on the road half the time again.
0: Definitely. So you said you've been traveling a bit, and I know I've seen you hopping more around domestically. Where are some of the places you've gone? What have you noticed trend-wise? How have you been able to travel safely in COVID? Kind of just give us the breakdown of the scene right now. So first, I think, and especially today, is people
1: becoming a little more comfortable. Being safe and traveling responsibly is is all about, you know, observing the mass protocols, et cetera, but doing what you're comfortable with. And so when I started traveling in May, it wasn't necessarily clear what safe travel would look like. Um, I mean, most of my uh, travel was going in a rental car. I was down in, in North and South Carolina in the beginning. And a lot of people didn't wear masks. My friends and I that um, I was with, we always made sure that we were. And for us, you know, we didn't feel safe being around those other people. So we made sure that we would keep our distance. Um, And then a few weeks later, I took my first commercial flight coming back from the South. And I remember being so impressed. And like, first of all, the plane like smells like Mr. Clean. um, And everyone is being respectful of one another. Then I was home for a few weeks and, and went back out to California, Utah, and Colorado. And it was interesting, even in those few weeks, to see how people's behavior had started to shift, how they were, again, being more respectful. The airlines were doing a better job of of cleaning and boarding and making people feel safe. Um, And checking into hotels, they would ask you questions like, hey, can I have a, um, do you want to have housekeeping? They would all be wearing their PPE. They would offer you masks. um, And everything would sort of be outdoors. I mean, that's just like a little snippet, but um, I think the hospitality companies have been able to adapt pretty nicely.
0: Yeah. And I think now, again, we're seeing spikes basically everywhere and cases are getting worse. But with even that being said, we've also seen reports that flying, being inside an airplane is actually one of the safest indoor um, places that you can be. What do you think we've learned now, this second time around, as it starts to get worse from the first time, that might start to encourage travel and that can kind of give travelers a piece of mind.
1: So we have learned Bloomberg um, and IATA came out with with two different studies showing that the risk of getting COVID on a plane is very low. Um, it's funny because a lot of our clients and their main concern is actually the airports, which I'm sure if, you know, people reading the news have also seen, um there's been a sort of a rise in private air and, and, and people taking um, jets if they really want to have space. But the difference now is there's pandemic fatigue. We've been in this for eight months. People want to escape. And it's funny because we have the highest, it's not funny that we have the highest case count that we've ever had, um, but to see travelers' behavior saying, you know what, like, we're going to take the plunge. Like, we need to get away from this. Like, winter is coming. Um, And I think it's more of a more of a mental thing. And now that we saw some good news about a vaccine this week and um, the market's been reacting really well to a um, president-elect Biden, I think that we'll continue to see that trend.
0: Definitely. And for anyone listening, if you are considering traveling, I have traveled a bit since then. I've personally felt safe. Um, Like you said, you need to wear your mask, be responsible, be respectful. But if you do it correctly, you can definitely... Um, mitigate your risk of contracting the virus. And for anyone looking to book travel through Rob, I've seen him do it firsthand. And he's really one of the best in the business. And I want to now switch to back to kind of what you started. And you talked about how you first started optimizing points and working on people's travel cards. What is this current state of the travel card market? Is getting a travel card right now still worth it? Are the companies doing things on their end to kind of sweeten the deal for new applicants i know generation z and millennials they value experiences more than materialistic things so a lot of them do tend to gravitate towards travel cards do you think that trend still going to continue
1: absolutely it's funny because right before we jumped on to to do this i was reading about a, a new bonus offer that chase had come out with for one of their credit cards um now is actually one of the best times to open a card. Bonus offers are high. The airlines are coming out with new products. The hotel companies are coming out with new products because ultimately they want to get people traveling. And what's fascinating, I've always found to be fascinating, is the credit card deals are some of the most lucrative partnerships that these travel companies have. Um, what's crazy is I believe that, don't me to this exact number, but think the United chase credit card deal accounts for 13% of United's profit. So um, I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon. If you're a traveler and especially if you are spending money and you can put it on a credit card, you absolutely should have a card. Um, you know, we could talk, <laughs> talk offline more about specifics, but um, there's a lot of opportunity here.
0: Awesome. Well, that is all the questions I have, and I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'll leave the floor to you. You can plug anything you'd like, any travel articles. I know you have a couple other companies in the work along with Miles Ahead, so go for it. Here's what I have to say.
1: Um, You know, look at Randy, look at what you've been able to do while having a full-time job and starting this newsletter and doing this podcast now. Um, I think it's the best representation of entrepreneurship. It can start with a side hustle if you have the time. You know, make it, make it, try it. You know, um, and one of the biggest lessons that I learned early on, I remember vividly. Um, I was telling one of my friend's parents about my company, and um, the parent said to me, "You know, you're just a kid. You can't do that." And I remember I used that as sort of fuel for the fire. Um, And you really, like I say, you can do anything that you put your mind to, but if you put your mind to it and you come up with a plan and you try and you learn from your mistakes, um, you can pretty much accomplish what you want to. And I'd encourage anyone listening to this, especially if you are looking to get into entrepreneurship to start a business, it is a commitment. You are going to have some highs. You are going to have some lows but it's a wonderful journey and and
0: you can learn a ton. Amazing. Well, those are some awesome parting words from Rob. Like I said, if you have any travel needs, whether it's business, personal, family, make sure to reach out to him. I'll link miles ahead in the newsletter so you'll have that direct contact. Um, Rob, thank you again. This was awesome. And that's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, make sure to let me know. You can like the feed letter links in the... Um, newsletter. You can shoot me an email. You can shoot me a DM. All of this feedback is greatly appreciated and will be used to make this the best that it can be. All right. Thank you again. And we'll see you on Monday.